Hey guys, it's Jamie Scrimger here, second wife, stepmom of three, and mom of one. And you're listening to my podcast, where we talk about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. If you're ready for raw and real conversations and are striving to live your very best life, then you are in the right place. Every week, I'll provide you with tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. So this week, we are diving into a topic that is real for so many and one that is accompanied with a lot of shame and a lot of embarrassment. As you know, I like to talk about things that most people won't, and this episode definitely falls into that category. Now, my good friend Jacqueline Shaw is on the show to talk about her experience with infidelity in her marriage. Jacqueline is a wildly passionate soulpreneur and manifesting queen who gave up living in one place to explore the world with her young family. She is known for her real AF approach to life and business and for sharing her hard truths like her husband's affair. Jacqueline believes that every single woman gets to choose the next part of her story and that every single woman has her own unique path. We are not designed to do life or business or marriage or motherhood the same. Jacqueline is an expert at leading women to boldly step into their fears and strip away the shoulds and unapologetically own who they are so they can break through the self-sabotaging behaviors and patterns that are keeping them stuck. She guides women to elevate their relationships through one-on-one coaching and her signature group program, Infidelity. She is also the co-founder of Femme and the co-host of The Spiritual Smackdown, a podcast where she provides business and soul coaching for wild women ready to rise. Now, if you haven't experienced infidelity firsthand, you're still going to get something from this episode. We dive into owning where you're at and the role that you play in the dynamic of your relationship, how your childhood beliefs creep into your marriages and your relationships as an adult. Forgiveness, what that really means, following your gut, doing the work on yourself, and the secrets to a successful marriage. I have to say I went into this conversation with one perspective on infidelity and forgiveness and left with another. Now, speaking of marriage, before we dive into this episode, I want to make sure that you know about the live event that Darren and I are hosting on October 1st. We are hosting a live webinar for stepmoms and blended family couples all about how to tackle different parenting styles in a blended family. Now, if you and your partner disagree about rules and expectations and consequences and responsibilities with your kids and your stepkids, this webinar, well, it's one that you do not want to miss. We are diving into the nitty gritty of our parenting style differences and how we've overcome them to parent as a united front. Now, that does not mean that we agree on everything. It's not even close to the truth, but we do have strategies and mindset shifts and systems in place so that we can show up as a team for the kids and not have these disagreements affect our relationship. And we're going to share them all with you. So the details for the webinar at www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash live webinar. Now there is limited space, so be sure to secure your spot ASAP. All right, let's dive into the episode. All right. Welcome back to the podcast. So I am here with my good friend, Jacqueline Shaw. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have you give your elevator pitch, like give us the lowdown on who you are and what you've got going on. 
Oh man, where do I start? Because I have lots of balls going over here. But um, yeah, so I have For the Wild Femme where I do a lot of business coaching, a lot of soul coaching. We have the Spiritual Smackdown podcast, which is really just sharing hard truths with other women, sharing you know experiences that we've gone through. Um, we talk about everything. We talk about infidelity. We talk about loss. We talk about rising. We kind of talk about all of the things that typically aren't talked about really with the desire to show other women that they're not alone in what they're going through, that the things that they're afraid of, some other woman has been through and has came out on the other side. So we bring women on and interview them really to just share those truths. And like I say, like behind the Instagram reel, you know? Yeah, I know. Because you know what? There's as much as everyone on Instagram right now is talking about, like, let's be authentic. Let's be real. Let's be raw. It's like, no, but let's actually be right? Like, Mm -hmm. let's actually talk about it. Like we, I think it's so many people are craving, you know, people are craving the realness that's coming out on Instagram right now, but people are craving even more. Like everyone is going through shit and like, let's dive into it because you, it makes you realize you're not alone. Yeah. And that's what for us, like the podcast is really about because it's still on Instagram. Like you only have so many words in a caption, you know, there's only so much you can share there, but in the podcast, I find it's a great platform and way to connect with our audience, like really share that real shit, you know? Mm -hmm. No, I know. I absolutely know. So when it comes to our conversation today, I, you know, I want to talk about your marriage and infidelity and all of the things that you talk about, because that's some real, real stuff that people are going through. And you talk about it in a way that a is a little shocking because you're so you know, you're so exposed and you're so raw, but it's so helpful. Like even in my marriage, we haven't experienced infidelity. Well, I think we haven't. I'm pretty sure we haven't. But even reading your captions, it really has helped me have perspective on my own marriage. So I want to dive into that today. Are you cool with that? Yep. I love to. Awesome. So you talk about marriage smackdowns. Like when you say marriage smackdowns on your podcast, like what does that mean? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So for me, um, yeah, when I was pregnant, when I was three months pregnant with my second daughter, my husband had an affair and he left, like he left my entire pregnancy with my daughter. Um, he was living with another woman and it was, I mean, obviously like a very crazy and emotional time for me. I was pregnant, but I, in the beginning, all I felt was this like dirty, shameful secret that like I couldn't tell anyone. And I felt so alone. I literally, when I found out, I hopped on a plane and went to Florida with my son and had this like Instagram perfect, like vacation it looked like. And I lost 10 pounds in 10 days. And I was like, had no one to talk to, no one to turn to, because I was like, I think shame is the only way to describe it was like, oh, what are people going to think of me? What are people going to say if like, why, what does that say about me? If my husband had an affair, well, you know, I'm, well, I'm pregnant. And there was through that eight months, there was so much growth for myself and so much I learned about, you know, my capacity to love and so much I learned about marriage and my husband and I ended up reconciling when my daughter was about six weeks old. And so there's been a lot of learnings and a lot of things we've worked through there, but I really share about my journey because like you said, I know that we can all learn from other people's journeys and whether you've experienced infidelity or not, there's other things in your marriage that you've experienced that you can probably feel a piece of in my journey. Yeah. And you know, here's the thing about those conversations. 
they're almost like you're talking about shame and embarrassment. But why are we embarrassed when we're all just humans? And all of us, we're, everyone's screwing up. Everyone's making mistakes. Like there are times when we've all done things or been involved in situations that we didn't think that life was going to turn out that way. And that's why, again, I think it's so important and so great that you're talking about it because I don't think there's anything actually to be embarrassed about. I think it's great that you're having these conversations to normalize it and not say it's okay and be like, yeah, you know what? Everyone go have an affair. You can recover. This is what happens. It's like, no, let's just be honest about what we're all going through in life and talk about ways in order to plow through it and to learn from it and to move forward. And that's exactly why I share. It's that, okay, so the reason why I think there's so much shame around it is because it is not talked about, right? So it's really hard to process. And I talk a lot about transitioning from this like victim mentality and this victim mindset of like, oh, this happened to me and my husband did this and this is... Like for me, I was really able to separate like, okay, this is his actions and it's actually not about me. Like this is not like I am not a victim here and I have the choice of like how I respond here. I have the choice to like remain as a victim and feel that way or I have the choice to like use this as an opportunity for me to grow and for me to learn. Mm -hmm. And so how did you get from, you know, a divorce lawyer's office back to a place where, you know, your marriage is good. You're feeling happy and you're, you know, moving forward. Like, obviously there's no, you can't explain that in a, in a podcast episode, but <laughs> like, how the hell does that happen? Because, you know, I, I was talking, my, my husband and I were talking about affairs the other day and I said, you know, I feel like if you had an affair, I'd be in jail in some way. My reactions, <laughs> I'm like, how, how do you even control your reactions? And obviously I'm joking, but kind of not. Like, I don't think that my reactions would be I don't, I don't think it'd be good. Oh, I was definitely like, mine would not have been good if I wasn't pregnant. Like being pregnant was like probably a savior for me because I couldn't, you know, drink. I couldn't like have this rage. There was, um, yeah, there's complications with my daughter too. So I really knew that I had to take care of myself or like for her. And it is, this is the thing is like, we always think like, okay, I would react this way. Or like I said, I would never, like, I would never put up with that. I would never um, continue a relationship that there is an affair. And then the situation came up and I felt completely different and choosing to reconcile and to stay in my marriage is actually the way harder choice for me than, than being like, okay, like divorce, divorce lawyers. And we were, we were literally in divorce lawyers offices. We were at the point, like, this wasn't just like this like tiny affair where I found out and then he was sorry and we were like, okay, let's just like, you know, pretend it didn't happen, which like in the beginning I was actually willing to do because I just didn't want it to happen. I didn't want people to find out, but we went through a very big, like for eight months, he was living with someone else. There was a period of time there where we completely were cut off communication. Like I was blocked from his phone. There was like no text messages able to go through. And we had a two-year-old son. I was pregnant. So like having no communication with that person was like a big thing. And yeah, we were like every single person when I was like, yeah, I just don't feel this is the end of our story. I don't feel like this is the end of our journey. Thought I was fucking crazy because they're like, he lives with someone else. He is like seen a divorce lawyer, like you have lawyers, like this is it. And I just kept, I don't know, I just kept having this like inner knowing and I just kept believing it, but it didn't, it wasn't like this open invitation for him to like always like, hey, come back whenever you want. It was just this like feeling that I had inside myself and I kept, all I kept calling to be, to do at that time was to do my own inner work, to like really 
dive into a lot of soul work. And I, for the first time in my life, I started to meditate. I started to journal. I started listening to podcasts. I started to read a lot of books about growing myself. And I really started to learn a lot about, you know, things that I didn't really believe in before, things like unconditional love, things like true forgiveness. I thought forgiveness was this thing where someone said sorry and you were like, yeah, I kind of forgive you. I'm going to say I do, but like, I'm going to hold this like and harbor this resentment and anger. Um, I started to do a lot of work on myself to change my perspective and to really understand like the power I had where I was able to like choose how I wanted to show up as a woman, as a wife, as a mother. So that was all happening while you guys were split. And then how did you get to the point where you guys decided to get back together? Like you couldn't text him and say, (laughs) like what happened? So this was really interesting, actually, because, um, yeah, basically just the more I kept showing up for myself, he started to feel that energy. Like I could see him kind of softening when he was coming to spend time with our son. And then he asked me one day when he was there why I was still wearing my wedding ring. And it was actually the first conversation we had really had and He was sitting there and I could tell he was kind of, before we got to that point in the conversation, he had actually went away for three weeks and I was like, okay, I'm going to just stop fighting. I had kept asking myself, what do I want right now in my life? Whether him and I get back together or not, I was like, I want peace. So I decided I was going to make, take actions towards feeling peace. And that meant at this point, my son was, um, I'd made it very clear that he was not allowed to meet the woman that my husband was living with. And so I decided I wanted peace. I was going to ask him what he wanted when he got back from this trip. And I was going to, like, if he said, I really need Kane to be able to be in this part of my life, I was going to say yes. So this one night he was at my house, he was kind of hanging around. So I was like, Hey, I'm just going to ask him like what, what he really wants, like if he's happy and what he really wants in life. And when I asked him that, he said he wanted to like live on our couch and see our son every day. Like he knew basically what he had done was irreparable, but he was just like having a really hard time not being in my son's life every day. And I was just like, oh, that's not realistic. Like, what do you actually want? And he repeated that. And I was like, okay, this is kind of like the starting point. But then he asked me that question about why I was still wearing my wedding ring. And I put this wall up and I was just like, I'm not going to get vulnerable and tell him like there's still like, I still believe like that there's an opportunity for us. I literally put up the wall and was like, oh, like I'm still wearing it because it's a sweet piece of jewelry and I like it and I'm going to take it off eventually. But until then, I'm going to wear it. He immediately like got up, walked at the door and like end of conversation. And literally the next day I woke up and I just was like, fuck, like I just didn't share my truth. I closed up because I was scared of his reaction because I was like, it's pretty fucking vulnerable to tell your husband who's living with somebody else. Like, Hey, I still think that like our marriage isn't over, you know? Yeah. Cause it actually sounds a little crazy. You know what I mean? Like if you're looking at it from like an outside perspective, you're like, no, why, why you need to let him go. Right. And have that respect for yourself when really yeah, you're respecting your truth and what you really want. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. It, it, it was, and I just knew from like everything, I was like, okay, my biggest thing right now is that I'm going to speak my truth. And so I, the next day it was like, 
took so much for me to say to him. I was like, you know what? What I said last night isn't actually how I feel. And this is how I feel. And this is why it was so hard for me to share. And I was like, because it's hard to say, like, I still love you and I still have hope for us. And I'm still like, you know, wanting to have our family back together when you live with somebody else. And, but that also just like opened up. I mean, I got, I immediately got, um, I'm blocked from his phone. It just really opened up for him then to get vulnerable for him. His response was like that he did, wasn't happy with, you know, where he was at, that he did have regret that he did, you know, all of his feelings were able to come pouring out once I shared my truth. Wow. And you know, do you feel like maybe he had had their reactions that he had up until that point, because he just thought that he had done something that was not repairable. So he just kind of had to go with it. And because he had made his bed and that's where life was and he had made this error and there was no going back. 100% exactly how he felt. And like knowing me before guys, like I said, like I would never, and he knew that. So he was like, I like royally fucked up. Like this is it. She's like, he was probably surprised I didn't kill him, you know? Yeah. I'm a so little too. She, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> Sidebar guys, Jacqueline and I grew up in the same small town. So just in case you're like, what do you mean? How do you know each other? We like, we grew up like a field away from each other. So or a soccer field or yeah. conservative, whatever that field is. But yeah, no, it's, it, this is just so interesting because my mind's spinning right now. Cause I'm thinking, how many truths would we actually share with the people in our life if we weren't scared of what their reaction would be or we weren't scared about what people think, like what we think we're supposed to do in this situation, right? Like in this situation, you, according to society and according to what you always thought you would do, would be like, I'm done, like I'm moving on, this is not okay, and he thought the same, but now that you were able to speak your truth, like everything changed, like the whole trajectory of your life changed because you pushed through that fear. Yeah. And then I had to keep pushing through that because it wasn't like from that, it didn't just be like, okay, let's get back together. And that was easy then for still another, oh man, like we didn't get back together till after my daughter was born. So that was still three months later. There's three months later of a lot of trying to kind of figure out the pieces. I mean, he was living with somebody else. He was fully in another relationship. So there was, you know, there was figuring out a lot of pieces going back and forth. He was super scared about us getting back together and thinking, okay, she is going to resent me forever. She is going to hold this over my head. It's our whole marriage. Every time we get in a fight, it's going to come up. Um, she's going to do it to me. Like he had a lot of real fears around that as well. And so there was literally that constant commitment just to keep showing up keep sharing my truth, even that when it was like scary and hard and it might sound like, okay, you're supposed to be able to share those things with your husband and be vulnerable. He had literally never seen this before in me and even in our marriage, even when we were like happily married. Mm -hmm. So it was definitely a whole new realm for us. Do you feel like the person that he cheated on and the person that he married is completely different than the person he got back together with? 100%. Yeah. My, I, know this sounds crazy for people, but this literally was probably the biggest blessing in my life because I had kind of always dabbled in 
a lot of the stuff that I do now, a lot of the things I coach on, I had dabbled in some soul work. I had dabbled in like, I always kind of had this like knowing, but I just kept shutting things down. I kept being like, Oh, you know, checking off the boxes. Like, okay, you have a business that's successful. You are living in this like great home, downtown Toronto. Like you have a great, like I just kept kind of checking off the boxes, but I wasn't feeling fulfilled. And we're doing that. We do like those personal development things. We're like, oh, we're doing the personal development. We're writing what the things we're grateful for. Like we're doing all the things that they say on Instagram that we should be doing to be successful. But it's like, are you really? Yeah, I was toe dipping in all of it. Like I was like toe dipping, meaning I just wasn't like I was very surface level. I wasn't going beyond like I wasn't really getting into the depths of like what I feel like my soul is here to do and to teach. And now being able to guide other women in this realm has just been Like it just fulfills me and gives me so much life that I literally just can't imagine not being in this position now. Yeah. And so you're, when you're coaching other women, what is that? Is it around relationships or finding yourself or what, what kind of support do you offer? Yeah, I have. So through femme, I do a lot of soul coaching, which is mostly just like personal. It's like working through your own shit and spiritual smackdowns. And then I also do a lot of one-to-one work where it stems a lot in relationships um, to begin with. And it really, I feel like it, when you do this type of work, it, it shows up in every area of your life. Like when you're choosing to up level, when you're choosing to dive deep and take ownership of your own shit, it's going to impact your relationship. It's going to impact your relationship with self. It's going to impact your business. Like I used to really compartmentalize things, but to be honest, I think when we do our own work and take ownership for that own, like our own part of the story, we just expand in all areas of our life. So yeah, a lot of my one-to-one coaching does revolve around relationships and I'm just about to launch a group program where we specifically dive into infidelity, which is something new for me. Um, I've coached a lot of women through um, infidelity, but doing it in a group program like this is really for me, again, back to the beginning is to have women together, come together and to share their stories and to take that piece of shame away, to take that stigma away, to let other women know that they're not alone and what they're feeling, experiencing and going through. Yeah. And no matter what that looks like, because every situation is going to be different, right? Everything is different. And I don't think like, yes, my husband and I made this choice to get back together. And like I said, like my relationship's my biggest teacher. So I'm learning and growing through it every day. But I also don't think that's the choice for everyone. So Mm -hmm. it's not like, okay, you come work with me and I'm going to teach you how to heal your relationship and that you have to choose your relationship. It's healing yourself because whether you had the affair, whether your partner had the affair, like we all have our own healing work to do. And I really believe that we each play a role in the experience of infidelity. So what did your husband's affair teach you about yourself and how you are showing up in your marriage? Because you've talked on your Instagram about how you take some ownership for how your marriage went down. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so can you unpack that for me? Yep. Because I mean, I believe that we only get to control our own actions and our own piece in it. And like I said, I really believe we all play a part in it. So how was how was I showing up for myself? I was, where was I blocked off a lot? Where was I closed off? Like we, I mean, just briefly to touch and we had experienced in between my son being born and getting pregnant with my daughter, um, two really late term miscarriages that we never spoke about. I never shared my feelings. Like I had never gotten vulnerable with him. I never created a space where we could communicate with each other. So when I say like that, I played a role in it as well. Like 
I don't think I was showing up as my best self in our marriage. And so when I did a lot of this work for myself and just constantly choose every day that I'm going to have the hard conversations that I am going to show up for myself. And like, we have hard conversations all the time, like literally just like Monday night before my husband left to go away um, on business again. Like we had a hard conversation. I don't shy away from them anymore, which I really did before. I used to just kind of like live in this like perfect bubble and everything's great. And when things aren't, you don't talk about it. And that causes a lot of like, I don't even know, like it just causes like a loss of connection. I'd say when you're not willing to share those, those pieces. Yeah, for sure. And you know, when you say that, Do you think that stems from us growing up in that small town and how everything was portrayed? If you really think about just even it's growing up, I know the way I grew up, you didn't talk about how hard things were, or you didn't talk about things that you were struggling with ever. Like there was just this perception that everyone had it all together and everyone's life was perfect. And there weren't, there wasn't a lot of truth sharing. I know in my house and your house wasn't far from my house. I can imagine kind of, you know, the different, it would be different, but very, very similar. Do you think that came from just like our childhood too, just not opening up that way? Yeah, I think it comes from everywhere. I think it comes from our childhood. I think it comes from what we see on social media. And I was always like the strong person. I was always the, you know, the strong person. So having like, even in terms of my miscarriages, I thought um, I wasn't allowed to be sad. I thought, okay, I already have a healthy son, so I don't get to experience that feeling. So like, I would never like talk about that with my husband, you know? So I was like bottling a lot of stuff inside as well. And I mean, I just don't think you can go on life like that. So I think that's where I say like, okay, like I have my piece in it too. It's just like, how can I, yeah, how can I heal those parts? How can I heal these wounds that I've been carrying around from childhood, these stories I've been telling myself? And that I find comes up in a lot of the coaching I do with women because we have this tendency, I feel like as a, as a society, I was even reading this book the other day that was like, if you're a woman who's been cheated on and I was like, whoa, 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 like let's hold up. Like my husband had an affair. I wasn't like, I don't take that on as like, I was a woman who was cheated on that to me, like fuels into that victim mentality. Like your husband did this or your partner did this. And I think that it's like rewriting those stories. Okay. How can I like, I can only control, you know, moving forward. I can only control how I'm going to show up, my choices, my actions. So taking something outside of me and making it all about me, like this was like such a beautiful piece for me and learning through my husband's affair is I was like, okay, it's, well, I play a role in it. It's also not about me. Like he has his own shit. But I think when, when I'm working with clients, oftentimes they're like, okay, I'm willing to forgive, but he has to go clean up his mess. Like this is his thing. He had the fair. It's his thing to solve. And you're like, no, no, like you have things as well. Like it just can't be like his, his go fix it because he's going to come home. And if you're, if he comes home and you're showing up with anger and you're not trusting and you haven't forgiven and you have all these wounds, like it takes two people to like heal this. Yeah, for sure. And now how do you get trust back when you're both, you know, when you decide, okay, we're going to work through this, you know, how do you, how do you feel okay when he walks out the door and not think that it's going to happen again? Like that I think is the forgiveness piece and getting that trust back and building that foundation of a successful relationship is like, where, where do you even start with that? This is the number one question I get asked all the time, especially because my husband travels 50% of the time. So he is gone a lot. People are like, how do you trust him when he's gone? Again, for me, it's a choice. I am not going to choose to live my life in a place where 
I'm not trusting. Um, I recognize, and I think it has a lot to do with forgiveness. If you can truly like, again, there's that surface level forgiveness. There's like a deep forgiveness where you've like worked through a lot of shit, where you've had conversations where like, I truly have forgiven. And to be honest, I forgave him before we got back together. Like he had asked me at one point, how could you ever forgive me? And I'm like, I already have because one, I stopped judging your actions. I stopped judging you as wrong and me as right. I started to see where we both contributed to this, how we've both been able to grow where, I mean, my marriage is in a much stronger place now, but at the end of the day, it's choosing to trust because I'm just not going to choose to live my life in another way. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to worry about something that like, and that, here's the funny thing is that, okay, my husband's had an affair. So I, I get why people are like, okay, so how like, how do you know he's not going to have another one? Well, I never thought he was going to in the first place. So like, Jamie, how do you trust your husband? Because he could go have an affair in a month or in five years. Mm-hmm. No, totally. And I, I don't, don't maybe mean trust, but like you never know is what I want to say. So we're never guaranteed of what's happening in five months, five years down the road. So I'm not going to choose to live my life in this place of fear and worry. When I've chosen to stay in my marriage, we've done a lot of healing work. I'm going to choose to like trust that, you know, that, that inner knowing that I had that we weren't over. I'm going to choose to trust that there's still another piece in our story. And I'm going to choose to like keep following that. Mm -hmm. That's so good. So when did you decide to share all of this? Like, when did it become a topic of conversation? Because that's something that I'm like, I'm sure you've had some judgment for going back and people thinking you're crazy and then to talk about it on the internet, because there is just such the stigma around infidelity and, you know, women who get back together with quote unquote cheaters or however, you know, everyone wants to label it. Like, have you dealt? Yeah. Um, To be honest, I haven't got a lot of negative. I get women reaching out to me. That's like, thank you so much. And you've helped me. And like a lot of women who's like, I've never shared with this before. So while there's, I'm sure haters out there, people talking or people being like, why the fuck is she sharing this? They don't um, respond to me. So I don't, it's like not in my face, but so I do get a lot of the, okay, like this has like been so powerful for me, but the moment I decided it's so clear for me. So little piece of the story that I may have missed out was that we, my husband was living at home again when my daughter was born. And three weeks later, he left again and went back to live with the girl he had been living with. And about a week later, I'm there in the park with my three week old daughter. And I just had this like deep knowing that I was like, okay, the first time he left, it was really for me to do my own work and for me to show up. The second time was for me to stay like solid in that truth because that those three weeks he was back, I kind of had started to like walk on eggshells around him, tiptoe on things. I kind of started to pull out of my own stuff and was like, oh, we're just going to be this like happy little family again. And that second time was like, nope, you have to be like strong in who you are. And like, you are here to share this. You are here to help other women. Like you are, this is your life purpose. And when we did finally like actually get our shit together about a month later that we're like, let's actually like try to reconcile and do this in a way that's going to be healing for our family. I had a conversation with him before that, that said, I know that I need to share this. These are things that are important to me in my life. These are things that I've went through and changed and experienced while you've been gone and I'm going to write a book. And I was like, are you comfortable with me writing this book? Cause in the book it's going to share not the like, he said, she said, dirty secrets of 
you know, your affair, but it's going to share like my journey through it. And I was like, I need to know that either you're okay with that or there's a strong likelihood that this is not going to work out because like, I'm just not willing to dull my voice again. Wow. And that hits home for me too, because I get a lot of people who wonder why I share what I do and how I talk about the struggles that I have and the reactions that I get from people. And it's just, it's just what I'm doing. Like I've never, I think I've said it before. Like I don't give other people permission to have an opinion on why, what I'm talking about, because it's not even about them. Like this is about you and your journey and how you've come to the place that you're at right now. And it's very true for me. So that, yeah, that definitely, that resonates. So, you know, you can have that conversation, but does he still like look at your, like if you, when you write Instagram captions about it, is he's just, it is what it is. Like he's, he's on board. Yeah. He honestly, his reaction when I said that to him was the best. Like I couldn't have asked for anything more. His reaction in that moment when I said I was going to share this and write a book and talk about it, he said he was comfortable with it. And he said more so than that. He said, you know, he, and I, cause I asked him, I was like, you know, you're at some point in life, like our kids are going to be old enough to read what I write and share. And he said, he like wants Kane, who's our son to know that if he makes, you know, a big mistake when he fucks up, cause he's going to, that he can still be loved, that he can still be supported. So he was like totally open to me sharing. And to be honest, he is a big supporter. Like he was the first person that listened to a podcast that was really touching in on this time in our life. And he was like nothing but supportive and like sent me like the most incredible, like message of like how he thinks I'm helping people. So he's been like, not only is he okay with it, he supports it. He like reads my posts and is like happy for me to be sharing. Oh my gosh. I love that so much, you know, and that's, what's important too, is just having like, just forgetting about what people may think and thinking about the bigger picture and that how many people can you help with your message? Mm -hmm. And I think that's similar for you and I, right? Like when people are like, okay, like, why are you bringing this up? Why are you talking about, well, when we were going, like when I was going through this, when you became a stepmom, like there, I couldn't, like I felt alone. I didn't want other women to feel alone. Yeah, absolutely. And that's definitely the mission behind what I'm doing and why I talk about the things that I talk about. Wow. Honestly, even just talking to you right now, my, uh, I think my mind is spinning just because it's definitely changed my perspective on on infidelity in one, in one conversation, because like I said, at the very beginning, I, maybe I wouldn't be in jail (laughs) if something happens, right? Like maybe it wouldn't be so black and white. And actually I think that's the thing, right? We think there's so many things in life that are black and white or right or wrong. And this is what I will accept. And this is what I won't accept. And while I do think it's important to have those boundaries and to have that self-respect, Often there, it's just, it becomes so much deeper than that. And you can still have that self-respect and forgive and move forward and realize like we're all human figuring out our shit. And when you're in the process of doing that, sometimes we don't make the best decisions. Yeah. And we're all humans navigating a lot of hard shit. And I think we underestimate like all the things that we are juggling and navigating and the stresses that come in, you know, and we just all think like, okay, Susie and Jerry have this perfect marriage. So like, why isn't it so easy? This was like literally a thing that Craig had felt in the beginning when he was like starting to not feel happy and starting to like not feel certain things. He was like, well, everyone else feels that. So there's obviously something wrong in my marriage if I'm not like feeling this way every single day, you know, when I walk in the door from work. And again, I think it's just like 
I think the more that we have hard conversations, the more we can like deeply connect with our partner and the more that I don't, I don't want to say like safeguards your relationship against infidelity, but like, that's where you get to show up with ownership of like, okay, where am I not showing? Where am I not showing up? Where am I not like being the best in my marriage as well? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that Darren and I really talk about in our marriage and what we think is one of our strengths is we, he says to me, he's like, if I, if you're upset at me, I know in five seconds for sure. Like nothing is swept underneath the rug in our marriage. And that means we have tough conversations. That means that we have some fights, but things don't, they don't just build up. And I think that that is what is so important for people to a understand and be put into practice because, you know, I had, uh, I had someone in my life, they ended up getting divorced and we were talking about their divorce. And he said, well, we'd never, ever had a fight. Like we'd never argued. And I could not even believe it. And to me, I don't think that that is the sign of a good marriage, to be to be honest, because you mean you guys were on the say, same page all the time. Like the warning sign. Yeah. Someone's not saying something. And then all of a sudden they decide that this is not because you can only have so much built up before there's no even going back, right? Like you have to be able to deal with everything. And when it just builds up and builds up, then if you want to address an issue, you don't even know what issue you're addressing. Oh man. Yeah. That's like literally where we were, that place that we were in right before too, is that we were like not addressing things like communication um, was not in a good place. And to be honest, we had like there wasn't a lot of fun in our marriage. Like there was, we kind of stopped having fun with each other as well, which again, that's like another thing for me to take ownership of. Mm-hmm. No, for like, sure. I love when you talk about like dating your spouse, you know, like I know people can be like, oh yeah, like date nights, blah, blah, blah. Like it's important. It is so important for you to connect with that person you chose. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the kids are going to move out and all you guys have is you. And if you haven't had fun or haven't had these common interests or can't communicate with each other, you're what what do you have then, right? Just a very, very empty, a very empty marriage. So to bring it back, so let's talk about if you are giving advice to people who are married right now, how do you have those tough conversations? Because I think that's what makes people scared. How do you, how do you bring up something that's really bothering you? Like, have you, do you have any new strategies now that you have implemented so that you and Craig can have those tough conversations? Because it's not easy. Yeah. So we both also have like very fiery emotions. So what we like, what works for us is we have like, we just know that we're going to have the hard conversations, but we pretty much like schedule the time for it. Like we don't have it in that moment because we can both be super fiery. So we're like, Hey, can we like talk about this tonight? Or can we talk about this tomorrow? Like we just like kind of prep that other person. Like there's something here that needs, you know, communicated, brought up, dealt with. And Mm -hmm. it's, we just don't shy away from it. Yeah. And be okay with the fact that that conversation might not go the way that you planned. Now, one of the things that Darren and I have done is I will go in with a disclaimer <laughs> and I've talked about this a lot, but I'll go in and say, I don't need you to agree with the fact that I'm feeling this way right now. I just need you to respect the fact that this is the way I'm experiencing things right now. Because I think that's also really important because you have such different lenses and look at situations with such a different perspective. And there really is no right or wrong experience around it because they're both, it's that's my truth yeah. and that's his truth. We just need to respect that that's where the other person is at. A hundred percent. I would say that's like really like when I say our, our hard conversations are very much based on like, okay, this is, 
you said this earlier about perspective. Perspective was another gift that I really learned going through my SmackDown and really going into those hard conversations with this is my perspective. This is how I feel versus like, this is how you are making me feel or like putting that blame outside ourselves. It's each of us meeting at that conversation when we're not in this emotional fire and really meeting at that conversation with taking that ownership of where each of us are at and how each of us are feeling. Yeah. And you know, the other thing that has popped in my head is before when Darren and I first got married or yeah, it was before when we just got married, I did some counseling. And so I went to therapy and just kind of worked through some stuff because things from my childhood were creeping into, I just really wanted to have this healthy relationship, but I didn't realize, you know, my parents' divorce and things that I'd gone through and the way that I was, was raised was creeping into the, my ability to show up in my marriage. And I don't think we give it enough credit on how much that past influences the way we're experiencing things that our partner does. And so often they don't have that intent, but it's our lens and the way we've experienced life up to this point that makes us perceive certain situations in a certain way. Does that make sense? Oh, big time. And this is a lot of the work that I dive into with my clients. I um, dive into like a lot of our conditioned behaviors, things that we're bringing in from childhood. This is where my clients get the most breakthroughs because we actually strip away and break through the things that they, again, taking ownership of the things that they're showing up with. And most of that for a lot of us is like either beliefs that we have that are not True. Um, And a lot of that does stem from childhood. A lot of it does stem from past relationships. And really, that's why I'm saying like the work that I do going forward and in through infidelity, the group coaching program I'm doing isn't about, okay, like healing your marriage and choosing to stay in your marriage. It's healing yourself. So you don't, even if you leave your marriage, it's that you don't bring that into your next relationship, that you actually heal yourself, whether they're childhood wounds, whether they're from a relationship, whether they're from teenage years, 20s, whatever it's from, like you have to show up and choose to heal yourself or what happens like is that these reoccurring patterns come in. So then you get in that next relationship and the same issue comes up, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. When Craig and I were working with a marriage counselor, he was basically like, okay, either you guys like deal with this here. He's like, or I'll see you each in five years with new spouses going through the exact same shit. Because if you're not going to like this is the thing. It's not just your relationship. It's each one of you, how you show up and what you take ownership of. Yeah, for sure. And I'm a big believer that we're all here to, however you want to word it, but everyone has lessons that they need to learn. Like I know what my lesson that I really needed to learn and I'm still learning it, but I've come a long way. I know what that is. And I find myself in situations time after time after time that I have to act in a certain way. Like I have to implement that lesson and before I was really able to understand what that was, I, I kept finding myself in these situations because I wasn't ready to do the work on it, right? So if you can hide something or you walk away from something, whether it be a relationship or something at a job or a relationship with your family, if you don't deal with your stuff, you're going to find yourself in very similar situations until you're ready to deal with it. Like that's why people are seeing the same patterns in their life over and over and over again. You have to do the work and it's on you. It's not about all the things that other people are doing in their life to impact you. It's about how you're responding and the situations that you're putting yourself in. And that's based on your own lens. And that is like, that was my whole learning and growth through this like time in my life. And that's why I say I'm so grateful for it because I definitely like the lessons that I was there to learn through that experience. One, I learned the capacity, like the depths of like 
I truly didn't believe like I could love at the depth that I do. I didn't think there was enough room in my heart for like to have the same amount of love for like my kids and my husband. And, and like, I was, I thought love was like this limited thing that you could give. I really learned that I couldn't control everything that like I had to learn how to surrender and know that I can only choose and control like me. I can only choose how I'm going to show up. And those were like, two big lessons for me as well as forgiveness. Like, again, I was definitely that person who always held grudges, who never could forgive. And um, now that's what I teach people on is like how to find true forgiveness because forgiveness is really about like you. If you're going to stay in a place of not forgiving, like the only person that that's going to like keep showing up in is like your own life. You're going to keep showing up with anger, resentment, not trusting. Um, So forgiveness is actually a gift to yourself. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like empathy is huge in situations like that too. Like I know I'll talk about situations in my life and I'll say, you know, put yourself in their shoes or the way that they're looking at the world or the way they're experiencing thing, or what are they going through right now? That's leading them to act in that way. And there's so many circumstances where my friends said, how do you even look at it like that? Or how do you look at situations like that is really big of you? And I said, I don't even know if it's big of me. I just know that we're all dealing with things, right? And everyone's, and I, I hate using the word journey because I feel like it's so overused, but it's true. We are all on our own journey of just like figuring things out. And if we can just approach everyone with a little bit of empathy and understand that we're all mm-hmm. going through something, it, it goes a long way. It just for your, it just for your own sanity. Yeah. I was literally, you took the words out of my mouth. I was just about to say that compassion goes a long way and it goes a long way for other people not feeling alone, which, I mean, we keep coming back to that of sharing our truths and sharing our experiences and leading women so that they don't feel alone. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Jacqueline. It, you know what? It was great because I feel like I haven't caught up with you in a while. Um, so I've got the lowdown. I, I know what's all going on. It felt kind of crazy to not be catching up over a glass of wine, though. I'm not going to lie. I know. We should definitely have alcohol involved next time. Okay. <laughs> and that's actually great for healing, too. And perspective. <laughs> definitely part of the part of the package anyway thank you so much um i'm gonna link all things your podcast and everything you've got going on in the show description for everyone and um yeah i'm very confident that people listening are gonna get a whole lot of aha moments from this chat so thank you yes i'm sure that they will and thank you so much for having me okay guys if you like this podcast please do me a little favor Take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast, give it a share in social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week. 